Hi, I'm Natalie. And I'm Chris. And, and this, this is, is the Paranormal, Paranormal Podcast. Podcast. A podcast experience for stoners with a taste of all things creepy crawly. Now, today is quite the special day. Um, yeah. Or more so tomorrow, if anyone knows what's happening. Natalie? Today, today when it gets posted, though. By the time it gets posted, Natalie will be older. Yes, I will. I am 29 years old now, and I'm fine with it. I'm almost 30. I'm getting there, man. I'm getting to another milestone. We're quite impressed you've survived this long, too. Somehow. Dude, me too. I can't balance for shit. I thought I was going to die at this point. And I mean, we are also planning some ideas. So instead of doing a dirty 30, because Natalie's not much of a party animal, nah. uh, we are always taking ideas for a nerdy 30. I don't think I ever even thought about that until just this moment. I don't think we've like talked about it, but I really love you. <laughs> love you too. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have like Harry Potter and Attack on Titan and Voltron. There's going to be so much Voltron. Okay. I, I need to stop. I'm getting excited. Well, um, you're missing something that I was kind of hoping you'd bring up because today's episode... Instead of Natalie having her turn, I'm going to kind of double up for a bit. We are going to talk about Santa Lucifera. Shut the fuck up! Are you serious? You really did that? Kind of. Do you remember who that is? <gasps> yeah! Seis Manos! Oh my god, that's like my favorite anime! I love you! So, was kind of going to go into how they actually came up with Santa Lucifera. Okay, please, please do. Oh my god, I want to learn more about this show. This is so fucking exciting. Okay, so for the record, for everybody out there, um, there is an amazing animated Netflix show called Seis Manos. Uh, Natalie wrote a really cool article on it on her uh, G- the Game of Nerds account, yes. and she'll be able to share that with the post as well. Cool thing about this is Santa Lucifera does not exist anywhere except the world of Seis Manos. Yes, oh my god. Now, they got the idea from a couple places. Uh, the first influence, and the major part of it, is the religious cult of Santa Muerte. Okay. Yeah, uh, I mean, that makes sense. And you see, for anyone who doesn't know that one, it's very popular in Mexico, specific, started in Mexico City's area, and it's already spread to the United States with a very strong following. It yeah. is a fusion of Aztec death worship rituals and Catholic beliefs. Yeah. So it's basically like... Um... I forgot what I was going to say because I'm high. Oh, shit, no, there it goes again. It was something about, oh, they worship, like, the god of death. It's not, like, just worshiping death, from what I understood. Kind of. Um, That's actually pretty spot on, considering, like, I'm the one who did all this research. I mean, that's like, you know, I'm always, like, a hoe for Hades. So, like, that's his whole thing, too. So we're definitely going to get into more of the whole cult of uh, Santa Muerte coming up next. Yes. The cool part is the Nucifera part actually came up with the actual Latin name of the existing flower. Um, oh. Everyone will know this one as a water lily, but it also goes by the name Indian Lotus or Sacred Lotus. Okay. It's only one of two types of lotus that exist. And the Nolumbo Nucifera is where they got the actual name. So that's where you get your, like, Eastern culture. There's a lot of healing properties, specifically with two parts of the lotus itself that are used in, like, medicine and, yeah, Eastern practice. I think they actually have lotus flowers in the opening. I could be wrong about that, but I feel like I saw that. Oh, no, for anyone who's seen it or anyone about to see it, 
Um, there's a specific brand that the main bad guy uses. Uh, yeah. Also, Don- Danny Trejo by Danny fucking Trejo, way, so. dude. I don't know why this anime isn't more popular. It blows my mind. So when he brands people, um, it is in the shape of a specific, like, very kung fu looking lotus. Yeah. From the Eastern culture. So That's what I'm fucking thinking about. I'm just so high that I completely forgot about that. Wow. Excuse this me. is a really pretty brand, though, too. I will say. And by the way, description for anyone who's never seen Sesmanos, how would you describe it since you're, you're the bigger fan than I am? Oh, dude. It's like a kung fu uh, western animated series, and it's set in Mexico in the 1970s, which the 1970s makes perfect sense with uh, kung fu movies and everything coming out during that time. But to put it in Mexico, that just kind of like... That gave it a very unique feeling. and But it is a pretty bloody uh, show, I will say. It's it's wonderful. Well, that's because one of the main villains in the show, El Balde, is actually based on a character named, or a person named Adolfo Constanz. Excuse oh, me. Oh, shit, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, a Cuban-American gangster oh. who ended up really setting up his base, uh, kind of like his shop in like New, or sorry, Mexico City. Okay. So it actually carried out a lot of murders in the 80s. Oh, shit. And okay. do you remember the uh, scene with the ash that kind of turned someone into a demon? Oh, yeah. So he actually believed that if you sacrifice a live human being, the powder would actually have more potency and grant more strength than if you just used old bones from the deceased. Whoa. Whoa. Okay, so wait. Who believed that? Was that the guy that they based of all Yes, the on? guy Adolf, Adolf, uh, Adolfo Costanz. Yeah. Constanz, he actually believed that to be true. Okay. That, wow, okay, that makes a lot of sense with the ash now. So, there's the kind of like weird stuff, go, or the kind of what it's based on, loosely. Oh, what's up? Um, you got something. I have a question. Yes. So, what exactly do you know if that guy, was it Constanz? Adolfo, it, yeah. Adolfo, yeah. Do you know, like, what he believed that Ash was going to do? Uh, we're going to get into that. It, that's actually oh, okay. a very common belief for people um, who are, like, devout followers of Santa Muerte. Yeah. So, the original name, or the, the full name that it goes by right now is, excuse me for slaying my Spanish because I'm not fluent by any means, <laughs> it's Nuestra Señora de la Santa Muerte. Okay. Our Lady of the Holy Death. Correct. So... The belief is that Santa Muerte is the personification of death. Yeah. Uh, there's also a major association with healing, protection, and safe delivery to the afterlife by her devotees. Hell yeah. Sounds like a good deal. So uh, Santa Muerte is supposed to be a very, very powerful being and is also believed to grant favors um, as long as it gets worships, worship and offerings. Wow, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, if we go to kind of how it's where it started and where it evolved, yeah, it's often invoked by those who work in very dangerous local occupations in Mexico City. That actually makes a lot of sense. So you'll notice a lot of people tend to be like cab drivers, bar owners, um, the police, and some of the soldiers. Oh, and then okay. a lot of night workers and prostitutes too. Well, yeah, they need all the protection they can get. Mm-hmm. So whenever they would make their prayers, they would ask for protection against violence or accidents or just whatever violent death happened to be on the menu that week. Oh, God. Just pick and choose from your six options. Jeez. Right? Okay. 
So, you know, on top of the kind of description you had for, you know, Santa Muerte, originally the idol was appearing as a male figure in, like, monk robes on a scythe. So that old classic, you know, death slash grim reaper type vibe. Um, As it started changing, it evolved into a female skeleton with widely decorated robes of, like, white gauze, pink silk, like, shimmering velvet, and, like, a lot of the bright sequins. I didn't know that there was, like, that much variation in... Like, I knew that it was... It's still, like, a feminine idol now, but I didn't know there was that much variation in, like, its appearance. Well, that's why, if you look at all of the shrines, and when we were watching a couple of those Netflix documentaries... Yeah. They're all decorated in very specific colors. I believe the primary colors are, like, red, black, and I want to say white, if not purple. But you get to see a lot of different iterations of it based on the color or, like, whatever... That's really cool. ...the local flavor is. Yeah. I mean, I guess that makes sense. It really just depends on where you're at. God, I never would have thought about that. Mm -hmm. And then right now, when it came from early adoption to where it evolved into this day and age... Yeah. It originally emanated from, like, some of Mexico's worst prisons and a lot of the members of the drug world. Oh, okay. So, you know, if you go into the historical piece, like, Mexico has always been very, very religious. Yeah. You know, like, they had the local Aztec beliefs, local different tribes, and then eventually when the missionaries came over, I believe primarily from Spain, they had a lot of Roman Roman Catholic beliefs. Yeah. And Catholicism was primarily with a lot of the poor and desperate. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. And again, those are the ones who, like, you know, were hoping and, you know, were praying for things to change. Yeah. So part of that okay. prayer usually involved crawling long distances on their knees, Ooh. tying uh, thorny cactus paddles to their back, Ooh. or making promises of future penance if, you know, God's blessings and favors were rained down upon them. Oh. So whether it was, okay. you know, like, please grant me a lot of money, please keep my family safe. Um, yeah. They would say, you know, I'll give up my evil ways if you can guarantee my wife survives through this sickness, for example. Okay, I mean, that makes sense, I guess. So again, when you start getting that, that's the that's the Catholicism that Mexico City was used to. Yeah. What ended up happening is the cult of Santa Muerte kind of oh. had some different, but similarly desperate people who, for whatever different but similar reasons, just took on a lot of the similar motions. Yeah. So even with uh, the cult of Santa Muerte, you still see a lot of them praying the rosary, while a lot of these young criminals were crawling on their knees for blocks. Wow. Um, wow, sir. They usually, instead of holding necessarily like the rosary directly, yeah. they'd actually have some sort of, like, some form of that idol in their hands, like the holy skeleton itself. Yeah. No, I remember, like, when we were watching, I think, what was it called? Dark Tourist. Yes, that was, that that was one, the one. Yeah, there was, like, that shrine was just covered in stuff and I'm sure it was like from people of different backgrounds and everything now that I'm thinking about it and if you remember that one usually in the Catholic Church you'll light incense or light a candle yeah for these since we're dealing with some criminals that got replaced by exhaling smoke from some form of intake on marijuana oh I forgot about that wow how fitting for this podcast (laughs) and specifically to blow the smoke to Santa Muerte for her to inhale Oh, man, so we just want to get Miss Death baked. Got it. Yeah, you just, I mean, that sounds epic. Santa I, I wanna, just like, gets a shotgun, and we're good. Yeah, I, I want to, you know, hang out and smoke with the goddess of death. Hell yeah. 
Good for her. And now, when we go to Santa Muerte, like, again, the yes. big focus is always going to be death, but another piece was always the protection aspect of it. Yeah. Where the blessings come down. Be- okay. Yeah. I was going to say, she kind of reminds me of both, like, the Hades figure and Charon, who helps you, like, cross over safely and everything. So this is really cool. So in terms of social outcasts, obviously you're going to get major criminals and people in prison. Who else gets persecuted quite a bit in Mexico? In Mexico? Oh, God. I feel like I'm supposed to know this, but I'm kind of confused. LGBTQ+. Oh, the gays. So oh, poor babies. She's also seen as a protector to that group because a lot of those are considered socially as outcasts. Yeah. Same thing. They will ask for protection from violence, uh, hatred, disease, and even just for something Webster to help them find love, which is kind of oh, cute. That's cool. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, yeah, like, um, I don't want to say misunderstood, but kind of a misunderstood idol is comforting for people who are, have always been misunderstood and, like, ostracized. I mean, I guess that kind of, I feel like that also kind of connects to, like, Satanism in America. Quite like, a bit, Yeah, actually. because, I mean, Satanism actually has some really good ideals. It's just the actual, you know, Satan part that people have a problem with. Actually, uh, with the Church of Santa Muerte, specifically in Mexico, the... uh it's going to mess up this saying. <laughs> Excuse me for this one. Iglesia Católica Tradicional México Estados Unidos. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually recognize gay marriage and will perform religious uh, wedding ceremonies for homosexual couples. Oh, is it because it's like associated with the United States? Uh, no, it's just the established like just, this is this is down in Mexico, I believe. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But so this is that they're the only legitimate belief in Mexico, and in a lot of the same-sex marriages, they always have some sort of invoked intercession or incantation, specifically for Santa Muerte to ask for protection. Cool. And safety. Nice. So nice. now, speaking of the Satanism part and having it look uh, frowned down upon. Yes. The Catholic Church's official stance back in 2013, this actually was a specific quote from one of their cardinals. Oh, God, okay. Said, it's not religion just because it's dressed up like religion. It's a blasphemy against religion. Okay. And this came directly from Cardinal Ravasi, the president of the Vatican's pontifical council of or for oh, culture pontifical okay okay we're dealing with a real intellect here i, I actually mean, don't know anything about him but i'm just gonna say like i don't, I don't think i agree with that see but, so I, and this is where it gets a little bit funky well, I guess because actually yeah i feel like there's probably both you can see both sides and have examples from both sides of that argument well on one end it was also a little bit confusing because a lot of people who do worship Santa Muerte are also, they also see themselves as very devout Catholics. Okay. It's just the same way that you may, the way they view it, it's the same way as if you worship a particular saint, whether it be, you know, in the United States, St. Nick, good old oh, Santa Claus. Yeah. Um, you have, you know, like the, for all the churchgoers out there, you have a lot of like feasts. So, you know, like you have the feast of this, the feast of that. Um, you have specific days for a lot of the, uh, a lot of the saints. Why not Santa Muerte? I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. Like, 
It's just another, like, idol. It's not that big of a deal. Well, then here's where we get a little bit to the Grey Lands, though, because you also have a lot of these leaders within the cult organization who will appoint themselves as priests and insist that their temples are part of the actual Catholic Church. Oh, no. So, you know, if you're not getting an ordained priest and you're just getting somebody who kind of leads the cult, that can be pretty deceptive. Yikes. And I can see why the church wouldn't okay. want their name on that. That, that makes a lot of sense because it would be hard to, like, really sniff those guys out. And then, yes. again, back then when it was first really, really gaining steam, that was also when Catholicism as a whole was actually losing a lot of followers. So by the, and this was kind of a cool part, by the Cardinal saying that one, it was kind of crazy because it was a statement of, the statement itself was a condemnation by an official, but okay. not an official condemnation by the church. Wait, can you repeat that? It was a condemnation okay. by an official, not an official condemnation by the church. Oh, so it was just like, okay, well, this guy wants to be an asshole, so he can do that, but we actually don't recognize it. No, well, it was also the, it showed the church's position as a whole. Yeah. But they didn't necessarily force the faithful away from Catholicism and said, like, hey, you can only be this. They really oh. kind of wanted to play the saint card, so they still had the followers. Okay. Um, however, this is back in, like, 2012, 2013. Okay. Fast forward to 2016. Pope Francis actually visited Mexico City. Yes. On his first full day there, he made very sure to condemn Santa Muerte as a dangerous symbol of narco culture. Oh, okay. Again, if you have a lot of your drug dealers, you know, people who are in a very violent lifestyle asking for protection from this deity, or this idol in this case, it's an issue. I mean, I guess, but there are probably plenty of those people who just worship a different god and ask for the same thing so i mean but i guess the church can condemn all of those things too so and they did the oh, church did. deemed the cult as blasphemous oh. blasphemous and satanic um they referred to the cult of santa muerte as a degeneration of religion oh fuck and they actually went ahead and officially deemed santa muerte as an idol okay and idol worship is very very against the good book of the old testament oh that's right Oh, well, good news. I don't give a fuck. Well, in their defense, back in 2012, 2012, just one example of this happening, there were eight individuals arrested for the sacrifice of a woman and two 10-year-old boys to Nina Blanca. Oh. The white girl, a.k.a. Santa no. Muerte. Oh, okay. Well, I, I could see why there's an issue after that. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then again, whenever you see the statue or idol or, or even a shrine for Santa Muerte, pay attention to some of the colors because that'll actually give you a heads up on what the focus is. Really? What are the colors then? So brown was supposed to associate with wisdom. Okay. White with gratitude. Red for love. Of course. Gold with some kind of financial well-being, straight up money. Oh, yeah. Hope you get rich. Right? Uh, green being more of a justice. Green for justice? Mm -hmm. I mean, green means go, and that's, like, associated with positivity and stuff. I Maybe. Don't know. Uh, purple for healing. Aww. And that's actually been used quite a lot recently during COVID times. Oh, that makes sense. Protection against the coronavirus. Fuck. Yeah, we don't... I've never really seen stuff like that in my life. Mm -hmm. This is really interesting. And finally, obviously yes. the color black, which is associated with protection and vengeance. 
Protection and vengeance. Okay. So that depending on who you had, if you were uh, smuggling drugs, you would light a black candle, and that would you would hopefully protect yourself from like a rival gang trying to steal your loot or your your drug stash. Oh fuck. Um, okay. Also, you know, if you were going, you know, if you had somebody who was hit um, in a gang, you would want to take vengeance, so you'd light a black candle. Right. Knowing that you want protection or your safety, even though you're going to go ahead and kill a bunch of other human beings. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I've With paganism, I've seen people do similar things. And actually, now that I'm thinking about it, they basically have those same meanings for the colors, too. So this is actually really interesting because I'm connecting it to a lot of pagan stuff. And again, keep in mind, when you're getting a lot of black candles lit, that also gets associated with a lot of uh, like witchcraft or voodoo oh, or some yeah. sort of black magic. So. Without a doubt. Why the Catholic Church views this as such a negative thing. I mean, okay, putting all of that together, yeah, that that, that, that kind of makes sense. That's like all of the things that the church hates. I mean, which seems to be most things, but that's fine. But I mean, you're attracting a very broad mix of people. You're yeah. getting a lot of the commoners. You're getting a lot of the people who are financially really struggling or just not coming from originally, you know, like well-off backgrounds and a lot of these people have to resort to crime have to resort to this and that so that presence of Santa Muerte like that cult is always going to be there or that religious following whatever you personally yeah. believe in so ah. there we go I have that one for you how do you feel? I feel like things are starting to make a lot more sense about Seis Manos like especially because Santa Nisafera was actually like a witch I think I haven't watched this show in like a year, but I know that there was witchcraft involved. Well, what it was supposed to be his like mom or yeah, like, it was that, that was like entrapped mother, in there. Yeah, and she was trapped in the. Don't statue. give too much away. Oh, that's right. Sorry, this anime's been out for like two or three years. Come on, guys. But anyway, what I'm saying is that this like really starts connecting some things, and now I'm really want to like actually start getting into more of like the behind the scenes stuff we have the fucking dvd we need to watch the behind the scenes stuff because fucking what what are the names brad and alvaro probably have like a ton of shit on there the what the article and the interview i was reading actually said that season two script is written where the fuck did you find that don't worry about it where no 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 i mean it's, this... it's on the internet i'll find it for you oh my you. god please do so, well, the issue is it was written, but I don't think they've been greenlit for like a second season yet. No, they haven't. So they're hoping that, um, what was the reading of the art? They were saying that, again, I really wish they'd do a second season. They were saying that if they can get some like public tweets by some fairly famous like people in hip hop, there's always been this big correlation between people who love hip hop and people who love martial arts. Yeah, I guess, I mean, I didn't know that until I met you, but that makes sense. I mean, if anybody from the Wu-Tang Clan happens to be following our podcast, which would be awesome if right? that would happen, <laughs> just saying, you know, if you wanted to check out Cis Manos and we're big fans, I would love to see a second season. And if you guys liked it, kind of to go along with Castlevania that you and I are definitely big fans of too. Yeah, they just got their season four is dropping on like May 14th or something. There's also a little Easter egg that I didn't know uh, they're related at one point, I believe it's El Balde's character. Oh, is it the little, the keychain? Yeah, he's walking through the market and there's actually like a little plush of like a la carte that he picks up. Yeah. 
So yeah, it's th- really cute. There's some really good stuff in there. And for anyone yeah. who's listening to this, if you have a little bit of time and don't have quite enough of a watch list already on Netflix, highly would recommend Ses Manos and Castlevania. Yeah, I mean, also with Ses Manos, we mentioned that Danny Trejo is in it, but also um, Mike Coulter, who was Luke motherfucking Cage, is also in that show. Yeah, Bulletproof himself. Yeah! Oh my gosh, they just, they have a great cast. They really do. And it's a really good blend of, like, Chinese Kung Fu meets, like, Mexican cartels. And, yeah, because, like, it's... The show is about three orphans who end up getting trained in their own style of Kung Fu. They each have their own style and they have their Sifu, too. So it's really cool because the the characters really match their styles. Do you remember that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they, they... because like Isabel is very grounded and she does, uh, what is it, Hunka? Yeah. And then... Well, um... Jesus is a heavy drinker, so obviously he gets drunk and fist. Yeah, but what what was Silencio's? Because he is like always angry, and his style very much reflects that. I don't remember which one it was, but I know it had to do with like it was the same style that you typically see with a. Uh, for anyone who's in Kill Bill, it's uh, a yeah. Jaime's like killing style. Yeah, no, he's just like he. I'm like, not gonna give too much away about him, but he's like low key my favorite because he's just always fucking on you like the angsty ones I've i always do, love the angsty ones but i will say if i didn't already know that i was kind of gay like isabella definitely would have turned me that would have been like my gay awakening <laughs> yeah that's definitely been like your like go-to cosplay oh whenever my we've god been i do, like some fucking fun shoots love her have you seen the biceps and the thighs on that woman they knew exactly what they were doing by making her beefy and i fucking love it you are ranting right now because you're I really high i am but i'm also just i never get to talk about seis manos but i'll be done everyone should watch seis manos and if you have you just happen to have rapper friends please tell them to watch seis manos as well okay well on that very very high <laughs> rant note this is chris and natalie signing off Bye. Bye.